I come this morning from Everyday Sutton. I'm one of the leaders there. And um, we send our love to you. We love you so much as part of this expression of the body of Christ in London. And um, I uh, was raised in a, a home with godly parents. And uh, my mom is here today. And I have, I've learned to pray um, at the knees of my mom. And, um, and then uh, I've been following Jesus. He, you know, reached down and took hold of me, and I am, I'm just on an adventure uh, with following Jesus and learning and growing, and I am, that's going to just keep on happening until he comes and gets me or I die and go to him, so thank you. Bless you. Well, thank you so much for coming with us. We're so grateful for you giving up a Sunday in Sutton to come and be with us, and uh, we're really excited about what you have to, to share with us this thank morning. You. And may, maybe just briefly, what, one thing, what is it you're most passionate about seeing uh, in, in God's church? I mean, I'm passionate in all my, in my um, secular work. I'm a nurse. I'm passionate in seeing people develop and reach their potential. And in the church, I'd say that's the same thing. I'm passionate about seeing people who don't know Jesus and um, realize that he has got new life for them and um, that he's going to bring them on a journey with him. And I'm passionate for us in the church and um, that we would grow into all that Jesus has for us and that we would um, keep on developing as believers and, and, and grow, yeah, in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fantastic. Well, let me just pray for you uh, before you bring the words, and uh, we know God's got great things for us this morning. Father, we just invite your spirit upon Amanda as, as she brings us your word. Father, we know that you've set things in our heart uh, that you have for us this morning. I pray that we would have open ears to hear. Lord, you would soften our hearts to whatever it is uh, that you have for us this morning as you use your servant Amanda this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We um, are here today um, to carry on in our series on freedom. And it's just going to come up the first, first slide. And um, we, Tom served um, so well last week. Tom, Tom Cruikshank came from Wimbledon and he served us so well. And um, so I want to just talk about freedom today. Uh, I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm going to say so that you know. Um, what I'm going to say, I'm going to talk about how we see breakthrough in freedom um, through both the authority and the power of Jesus, and that we get a truth encounter and a power encounter, and that freed people, free people. And um, Family Connection, some years ago, um, was uh, working in the Bernard Matthew Turkey Factory in Norfolk. And one night, there were tremendously strong gales, and she had heard that the turkey sheds had blown down. And so as she drove into work, she was thinking, how far will these turkeys have flown? Where will they have gone? All the turkeys will be gone, because all the turkey sheds had been blown down. But as she drove into work, all the turkeys were still standing in the shape of the sheds. The sheds were gone. The turkeys were still there. They hadn't moved. And this is what uh, my word is today for you. You learned with Tom last week from Ephesians um, that God had planned in advance that you were going to be set free by the death of Jesus on the cross. And that not only um, did Jesus die for your sins, but through his resurrection and his ascension and the giving of the Holy Spirit, everyone who's a Christian is now seated with Christ in heavenly places. You are in Christ. And I want to 
bring and embed that into you this morning and see how you can know that you're free and actually move out into your freedom and realize your freedom. And first of all, I'm going to just talk about how that, you know, um, it can be gradual and by degree. And that would be the story that I am living right now in my life, that um, this is, you know, a gradual ongoing process of the Holy Spirit of moving into freedom. And um, I, at work, I mentioned that I was a nurse earlier, and, um, you know, I've got an identity badge, but it's also my swipe card as well. And it uh, not only says who I am, Uh, and that I have a right to be in my work building, but it also lets me into places that you wouldn't be able to get into. I can open doors, I can work the photocopier, and, uh, you know, I've got access and I've got identity. Now, my sister is a chief inspector of the Metropolitan Police. Her badge has got loads more authority than mine. Um, Because, you see, my badge wouldn't get me into your house, um, but her badge does. And uh, so we're going to just learn. I want to just speak about authority and the authority of Jesus. And I want to look at um, an incident in Jesus' life on earth. And, and then we're going to look at Jesus' power. And we're going to look at another um, example as well. And authority is really key to the gospel story, the good news about Jesus. Um, when Adam and Eve were put in the garden, they were given authority and dominion over the garden, um, to work the garden, to tend the animals and the plants, and to extend authority. And they actually, when they were deceived by Satan, the enemy of our souls, um, they gave that authority to him. When they sinned and ate of the fruits of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they disobeyed God's, God's good plans for them, God's good boundaries for them. They handed over that authority to Satan. And uh, in the New Testament, he is referred to as the prince of this world. And in that authority, Satan has been spending all that time binding people with sickness, with sin, wrongdoing, rebellion against God, and with death. And I'm going to draw your attention to an incident in Jesus' life on earth in John 11. Uh, I'm going to put the verse up here, but if you've got Bibles with you or on your phones, you're real free to look, look it up. And I want to um, give you a context. Um, Jesus' friend Lazarus was sick. Uh, but by the time Jesus got to him, he had died, and he had been dead four days. Lazarus's sisters and his close friends were grieving. And we see um, Jesus' grief with them. Jesus wept. Um, but we also see his anger, like the, the racehorses yesterday at the Grand National. It says that he <laughs> snorted um, with anger because he could see um, that Satan um, was holding uh, his friend in death. And um, here we are in... Sorry, jumped too far. There we are, John 11. Um, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus! come out. He called him out of the tomb and the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. And so Jesus showed his authority over Satan, 
He showed his authority over death. And just with one, um, uh, one command, he called the dead man to be alive. He'd been dead four days. Jesus called him out. And, but I want you to note here that, you know, it's almost like a zombie apocalyptic movie. He, he kind of comes out of the grave, still wrapped in all the grave cloths, still bound. And actually Jesus then says, unbind him and let him go. And if you're a Christian here today, you have been called out of the grave. The death of Jesus has one life for you. But those who the sun sets free will be free indeed. And Jesus came to give you life in all its abundance. And so today, we are going to be unbinding the grave cloths. You are living, but today you are going to walk free. You are going to walk free in the freedom that Jesus has won for you. And this is what Jesus does. This is what Jesus, this Jesus is life is like. You see, Jesus, he's called the second Adam in Romans. Jesus lived the perfect life that Adam messed up, that we messed up. And Jesus, in his death on the cross, paid the legal penalty um, for what Adam and Eve had lost. It is legally binding. Jesus' death on the cross worked. It is enough And the legal payment for the transgression was made. And so that Satan doesn't have the authority anymore. Anyone who is a blood-bought child of God, paid for by the price that Jesus paid on the cross, it is enough. Your freedom is assured. And Satan no longer has authority in your life. And we need to know this truth. We need to learn how to apply this truth. And we need to start getting into our hearts the word of God that tells us who we now are. We need to know our identity now as somebody um, who is now covered by the perfect authority of Jesus. Let me just tell you a little bit about the authority that Jesus has over the powers and principalities and that, he no, um, that Satan no longer has that authority. Colossians 2.15, Jesus disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. Hebrews 2.14.15, through death... Jesus might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Today, if death through sickness or fear has been holding you, today this is going to be broken. Philippians 2, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And 1 Peter 3:22, Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers, having been subjected to him. And precious, precious brothers and sisters here today, this is who you are. If you know Jesus and you know the salvation of Jesus, this is who you are as well. You have, as Tom was telling last week, you are 
in Christ. When you know Jesus, you are in Christ. And all this applies to you. And what the Holy Spirit does, as you, um, when you first become a Christian, the Holy Spirit just starts working this out in you and starts telling you who you are and what you've got. And um, he is enabling us to live empowered lives, knowing that we have authority. And he is enabling us to grow in freedom and to grow uh, in, um, uh, in putting on compassion when we could have been impatient, in choosing patience when we could have been angry. These are all us moving into freedom by degrees. You see, we, uh, when we become a Christian, we get transformed in our spirit. We're made alive in our spirit, but our bodies have to learn and our minds have to learn that the freedom, we now have freedom to choose. We have freedom to choose hope instead of fear. And that is going to be something that is, um, you know, going to be, you're going to be moving into. You're moving into as the Holy Spirit enables you. And as you get God's word into you, I had a friend um, who um, suffered terrible um, OCD when she had her first baby. Um, real fear and anxiety, it ruled her life. And as she... Um, started, um, she has spent years of putting the God of word, the God's word in post-it notes all around her kitchen. And she is um, preaching to herself and speaking to herself what Jesus has already done. It's already been done, but she is telling her mind and her body who she is. And she has all these um, post-it notes up about identity. And we do a Freedom in Christ um, course uh, across everyday church at different times. And again, it's just wonderful truth encounter and about learning through God's word what has already happened and starting to apply it. And through the Holy Spirit, starting to learn the freedom that you have. And these are just beautiful, um, gradual um, ways of God working out freedom. You, It's like unbind the grave clothes. And um, usually I remember a leader who I oversaw um, disturbed because someone had brought her a word that she needed to forgive somebody. And I laughed because I said, there's usually somebody to forgive. And I just said, you know, why don't you ask the Holy Spirit um, to um, just bring to light um, somebody? Um, and you might be feeling this today, even as I say this, that the Holy Spirit just brings someone that you just need to forgive. And I'll, I'll go into that a little bit in a minute. Um, and then also our own sin and our own wrongdoing. Again, uh, Psalm 139 just sort of says, see if there's any hidden way in me. It allows the enemy no power in our lives if we keep asking God to show us, what have I done wrong? Where, where do I need to repent and say sorry? And it disarms him of power because there's nothing hidden. We're asking the Holy Spirit to bring everything into the light. Because when we ask Jesus for forgiveness, he is able to forgive us. He, was, he is able to set us free from the power of hidden sin. And I feel that that is something God is speaking to us about today as well. That he's going to bring hidden sin into the light so that you can walk free. Because um, if anyone sins, they can confess their sins and he is able to forgive us. Um, I uh, like um, running in the park and... 
I actually do not like um, running with dogs. Um, they like they liked, they used to like running with me. They used to run up to me. I'm not confident with them. And, and I would actually do all the wrong things. If you are a dog owner, I was doing all the wrong things because I would, I'd start to turn in and I'd turn away and I'd try and make myself small and I'd stop running. And actually it, they, that, that was like a magnet to them. And they would run at me and they were two really big dogs. They were Great Danes. If they stood end to end they would actually be one and a half times my head they were massive and they would see me and they would run for me and they would ground one of them took hold of my hand once and I I was frightened of them and their owner was wasn't very effective uh he would his dogs would run at me he'd say sorry and on we'd go. That would be it. There's no no control and this would happen regularly and one day the dogs run to me, uh, growling and slobbering, and, and he says, sorry. And as I'm running away, I say back, that's, that's really frightening, you know. And he said to me, just keep running. I know. And so I am running away, and, um, and I start saying to my father, God, it's not very nice, and I'm, I'm and I'm saying, I was frightened and that's not very nice. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, just in my um, heart, you know, you have authority over dogs. I've given you authority over dogs. Oh, and I just thought, oh, oh, that's true. You gave Adam and, and Eve um, dominion over the whole of creation. You should hear what my mum says to wasps. <laughs> the, uh, all dominion. And when Jesus died on the cross, he brought authority back. And I am in Christ. I have the same authority as Christ over animals. And I definitely have it over dogs. And then the Holy Spirit said, and you've got the same authority over demons as well. And you need to learn what authority you have. So from that time on, I started running uh, and I would look dogs in the eye. And I would have ready in my mind, get down. And I was ready. And I probably only had to use that once because dogs just stopped coming to me. Sometime later, nine months later, I never saw those dogs, never saw that man again. Nine months later, I was starting my run and I felt the Holy Spirit saying, you need to forgive that man. Okay, and you know, it's once you get used to forgiving people, when the Holy Spirit brings it up, and it, it means it didn't mean it didn't matter, because you know he he was wrong, and it it didn't mean it didn't matter. And I just said, this is I forgive him. This is because he did this, and this is how it made me feel. I felt frightened, and I felt that he didn't care about me, and he actually made it worse. And so that's fine. I felt great. I've forgiven. And what I'm doing there is I'm handing him over to God's judgment, not mine. And I'm actually um, taking away the power he had in my life. I'm, I'm lifting the hook out and I'm putting him on God's hook and I'm handing him over to God's judgment. And, um, and then, and that again, sets me free. And as I carried on running, I felt the Holy Spirit say, and you need to say, sorry. What? to say sorry he should be saying sorry to me and I was just okay all right and then I ran around the corner and there he was with his big dogs I hadn't seen him for nine months and he flinched <laughs> he just thought oh no it's that woman again 
And I, I said, oh, hello. I said, and I stopped running. I said, you know, I'd, I'd really like to just say sorry. I was being pathetic. <laughs> and I'd like to meet your dogs. <laughs> and I let them slobber over me. And then on I went. I haven't seen them ever again in that. You know, that was, that was my moment. And, you know, um, what it shows is actually that the Holy Spirit is more concerned um, with my freedom than you'd think. And you'd think, you know, God is so amazing. Uh, the fact that he takes the trouble to deal with unforgiveness in my life and to, and to teach me humility. Um, that, that, you know, that's what he's working at uh, work in my life. And I, you know, I, I cannot spend all of today telling you about his work in freedom in my life um, because we won't have enough time. <laughs> so I'm leading you today into a truth encounter where you learn what your identity is in Jesus and the authority you've been given over um, sin in your own life and how to deal with that and unforgiveness, but also just starting to move into freedom. And this is the gradual process. Um, but also a truth encounter moves into a power encounter, and that's what I want to talk about next. Um, uh, we're going to read from Luke 8. So I'm actually going to read from the message because um, um, it sometimes just brings a fresh look at this encounter um, that we see Jesus has again with, with Satan, with the enemy. And um, I'm just going to start reading, um, and we're going to just learn about power and how we can see breakthrough for freedom in a powerful encounter. And again, I would say that that's true. I've had this lovely, gradual, beautiful work of the Holy Spirit, but then there's also been points in my life where there's been, something's been broken off, breakthrough. And that's what I expect for you today. I do expect this to be a real breakthrough encounter today for us today here at Everyday Southfield. And um, so Jesus, I'm going to start reading and then I'm going to explain as we go along. So we're going to read quite a chunk of scripture and I'm just going to unpack it as we go. And um, they sailed into the country of the Gerasenes, directly opposite Galilee. This is really important here. Luke, who wrote this account, um, is showing us that Jesus, who had had this powerful healing ministry, um, demons being cast out of people, people being set free, um, um, lepers who had awful skin diseases being cleansed, um, and like I said, the dead being raised, that was all Jewish country. That was kind of in Galilee. And here Jesus sails over to the other side. This is Gentile country. It's pagan country. They don't follow Jehovah. They don't follow the God of the Jews. And yet we're going to see here that Jesus' authority um, works everywhere. And again, this is a truth some of you need to know. That your issue that has held you bound for years, even your sickness that has held you bound for years, Jesus' authority works there too. His authority is, he is God. His authority works everywhere. There are no no-go areas for Jesus. And um, a man, as Jesus stepped out of the la onto land, a madman from town met him. He was a victim of demons, and he hadn't worn clothes for a long time nor lived at home. He lived in the country. And demons are real. There is a spiritual dimension that our culture tries to ignore. It's a big fat lie in our culture that other cultures recognize and know um, that the demonic um, isn't, isn't true. Demons are um, around and they, are, um, they do influence. We need to know, though, 
that when we are purchased by the blood of the lamb, um, they, they don't get to have us back. So a real key thing about this man is that he was naked. He was uncovered. And if you here today have never asked Jesus to forgive your sins or to ask him to be in charge of your life, you're uncovered. And you will stand before the judgment of God at the end of time and be uncovered. And what Jesus is offering to you today is the biggest breakthrough of all time is to cover you with his blood to cover you with his perfect death for you on the cross and to cover you with his robe of righteousness, the great exchange, our sins for Jesus's righteousness. And so that you can know when you stand before judgment that every sin is covered, every sin, every sin. And this is why we ask God about hidden sins because we want every sin covered by Jesus's sacrifice. And you see, when you are covered and when you are in Christ, Satan can't have you back. He has no authority over you anymore. And demons can still um, oppress, especially if we allow places of influence. If like we, we you know, stick, stick our hands out of the covering in a way, uh, you know, whether that's um, to do with occult involvement, um, Freemasonry, undisclosed sin, uh, unforgiveness. These are areas where an influence can happen, um, but they can't possess. They can't have you because you are under Jesus and you are in Jesus. So when the man saw Jesus, he screamed and fell before him. There are two possible reasons um, that this man might have fallen before Jesus. The first is that this dear, oppressed, imprisoned man, held by Satan, was actually responding. He was saying within that oppression of all the demons that were holding him down, he was saying, free me, I want freedom, and that he was making his own response. And I actually feel that that's a, a, as I was preparing this word for you today, I felt that was a really important point for us in our journey into freedom. Some years ago, I went to a conference and um, there was a word for healing, uh, just a really little condition, but actually I had that. Loads of people went up the front and I didn't move. And because I'd got into the habit um, that was that, um, that you show that everything's okay, but not, if you respond, it looks like you haven't got everything together. And if you respond, it shows that you need help. And I think I'd got into the habit that maybe a lot of Christians can, is that I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm someone who helps other people. I'm not someone who needs help. And I said to my friend at the end who I was with, oh, I, I had that. I have that. And you know, God in his grace, nobody prayed for me. God in his grace healed that from that moment on. Isn't that gracious? I, the only response I made was I said to my friend, that's me. Because I was starting to learn to be vulnerable and to be open and to allow God. So six months later, I was with another friend at another conference. And they... 
As we will make a call to response today at the end um, as Ed leads us, they made a call to response after the first session. Do you know, the person had barely finished saying, come to the front, and I'd run up there and I was the first one there because I was so determined to do business with God. And, um, and from then on, my journey of responding has been gone on. And what I want to do today, uh, just right now, is we are going to um, get our bodies to respond to what our hearts are saying. Because often inside we're saying, yes, Jesus, I need freedom. I need breakthrough for whatever it is that's on your heart right now. And we're just going to practice. Now, I am um, married to a wonderful man. But he and I are very different. So I am the first one to dance at a party or in church. Uh, and I am very expressive. I nearly fell over on the bus today because I was talking to someone and I wanted to use both hands. And, um, so, and that's the way I am. And that's okay. Now, he is not as expressive. But if England win, yeah, at the World Cup, he is, yes! And so... Um, think about how you would normally express yourself. And we're going to have a go in a minute. I'm going to count to three and we're going to shout freedom. And if, and I'm actually, I'm already standing. So can I borrow your chair? Could you put it here for me? I I am actually going to, I am willing to look foolish for you. Um, and I'm going to jump onto the chair because I'm, uh, I want to respond. Um, so we're going to do one, two, three. And some of you, you are really welcome to go from sitting to on the chair. That's fine. That's fine, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but for some of you, like that desperate man, for some of you, it might be freedom. Freedom. And that is a big response for you. Just like that first time I responded, I just told my friend. And that's fine. And what we're doing is we are bringing our bodies under authority the authority that we have in Jesus. And we're saying, we're going to get all the freedom Jesus has for us. I want to get rid of these grave clothes. So are you ready? I'm going to say one, two, three, and then we're going to go freedom. And you respond in the way that's comfortable. I'm giving you the dignity to respond in the way that's comfortable for you. Okay. One, two, three, freedom. Woo! <laughs> That is so good. You are just wonder you are such wonderful people. Thank you so much. That could have been really funny, couldn't it? <laughs> so we are this dear dear man, thank you. This dear man. So then the second reason why he threw himself onto the ground possibly is actually we hear that it's the demons start shouting out what business do you have messing with me you're Jesus son of the high God but don't give me a hard time and the man said this because Jesus had already started to order the unclean spirit out with him these demons know who Jesus is and they know who Jesus is in you as well and they have no place to stand and their place will be the fiery pit uh, at the end of time. And you see Jesus, fully God, demons kept recognizing him and he would bind them to silence. We have that same authority. And you see this man is thrown into abject submission because the demons in him have to bow before the name of Jesus. We read that earlier, didn't we? And Jesus also modeled ministry to us as a 
as fully man as well. He was fully God, but he was also fully man working with the Holy Spirit. We have that same spirit. And um, the demons argue with him. Time after time, these demons had thrown this poor man down and uh, he would shatter the chains. He was supernaturally strong um, by demonic power, not God's power. And Jesus said, what's your name? Um, Mob or legion? Because there were so many demons in him and they begged Jesus desperately not to order them to the bottomless pit. Jesus has the final say. He has the final authority. And a large herd of pigs were browsing and rooting. And the demons begged Jesus to send him into the pigs. He gave the order. And it was even worse for the pigs than for the man. Crazed, they stampeded over a cliff and drowned. And the demons presumably were still sent to the bottomless pit, to the lake of fire, um, which is where their final judgment is. And you see, Jesus is the one who has authority and power. And um, 2017 in Alaska, an 11-year-old boy saved his whole family from a marauding bear. 11-year-old boy. The bear had already thrown members of his family onto the path and at the side, and he's going for the rest of the family, and this 11-year-old boy saved them. And the way he saved him, it was a pump-action shotgun. And this 11-year-old boy didn't have strength in his own way, but he had a gun. And if my sister was an American police officer, she would have both a badge and a gun. We have authority and power. We have authority and power in the name and the presence of Jesus and by his spirit with us. We have the badge and the gun in Jesus. And those tending the pigs were scared to death. And they came back and they found the man clothed, fully clothed. We are fully clothed in Jesus. We are fully covered in Jesus. And it was a holy moment. And uh, they were, those who had been seen it happen told how the, the poor man had been freed. And later, great many people came out, um, but they were too uncomfortable with what Jesus had done. It was too fast for them. And so Jesus got back in the boat to go back to the other side. And the man whom he had delivered from the demons asked to go with him. And he sent him back saying, go home, tell everyone what God did for you. So he went back and preached all over town, everything that Jesus had done. And as I finish right now, um, you know, our freedom and us moving into freedom is so that we can go and see other people set free. Um, uh, Jesus uh, gave authority to his disciples. He gave authority to his followers. And through the Holy Spirit, we have that same authority to see people saved, set free, and healed. And then we're being sent. And Jesus sent us to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. We're being sent with our freedom and the authority and the power that we have in Jesus. We've been sent to our home places, our learning places, our traveling places our workplaces, our entertainment places. We're being sent to our communities, to London, to the UK and the nations because freed people set people free. Thank you.